Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. In this week's episode, we discuss the second part of the chapter on organized planning. In the first part, in the previous episode, we discussed the importance of leadership and why leaders are important, what field leaders are important, given the times that Napoleon Hill wrote the book in. Now, he wrote the book in 1937, immediately after the Great Depression and uh, was a time of, of recovery for the American economy. And he wrote it as a symbol of professional hope for people to get up and start working and start sort of marketing themselves as as assets to employers, as assets to companies, as assets to uh, any any way of individually creating wealth. Um, In this part of the episode on, on organized planning, he talks about how to apply for a position. Now, this might seem like a more step-by-step way to sort of approach an employer, give him your brief, uh, your CV, uh, sit down for the interview, but this also breaks apart into a lot of practical aspects of of, uh, application for a job, about organized planning, or planning to get wealthy, because in order to get wealthy, you have to get going. In order to get going, you have to start with some sort of job, either if it's something of your own or if if you do not have the experience of something under someone where you can learn. So he initially starts off with, okay, let's get you a job. For that, let's get you, uh, let's get you into resources that can offer you wealth, right? Think of that as a job. Now, now he starts off this chapter by saying, the information described here is the net result of many years of experience during which thousands of men and women were helped to market their services effectively. It, it can therefore be relied as sound and practical. First part is media through which services can be marketed. And remember the services he's offering are personal services. Now this can be, um, at least in that time, it could be something like a uh, a person, a clerk at the office, a typer, a typist, a, uh, a, a skilled laborer of some particular form, whether it's a craftsman, an artist, a writer, etc. But right now it can be several things with the leverage of the internet. It can be a a copywriter for a website. It can be um, an SEO manager, a social media marketer. It can be a designer, a freelance, a coder, whatever, web designer, et cetera, right? Now, Now, all the points that he mentions, I'm trying to pivot towards a more 21st century approach, more 2021 approach, because obviously he's written this almost a century prior. Now, media through which your services can be marketed. Now, the first one he 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 mentions is employment bureaus. Now, obviously, at that time there was centralized uh, government-owned employment employment bureaus where you could go and give your 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 CV or your brief, and they would find someone, find an employer who was looking for someone of 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 your of your skill set. But right now, that can be done in 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 a decentralized way through uh, 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 um, services like LinkedIn if not service more practical freelance-based services like Upwork, like Fiverr, et cetera, where you can go and put up your work, whether it's your designing work, your copy work, et cetera. And, um, and the, any, any prospective employer can come and hire you from that. Another place is through advertising. Now he says in news, he, he gives the example of newspapers, trade journals, magazines, and radio. 
classified advertising. He says display advertising. And, and again, the, the one place that advertising is probably the most obvious, the biggest advertising industry in the world is social media, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. If you can show your skill sets, like, hey, I know how to research and build threads on interesting topics. Hey, I know how to uh, make videos about history. Hey, I know how to um, um, make good sort of short videos explaining a complex financial terms and put it and financial term and put it on um, Instagram Reels or TikTok or any such application like that. That is automatically practical advertising that anybody who is in the same field would want to pay for. Um, personal letters to application, personal letters off application. Now, obviously, this is the more, of more formalized way of saying cold emails, emails that you send out of the blue to random people who wanting to either review your work or um, just you know help you out in any particular way, either put you in contact with someone, use you as a reference, etc. Applications through personal acquaintances, and this is again referrals, right? So this is the importance of having a good, strong network of people working in diverse um, uh, projects. So if you have a strong referral network, not only can you benefit, but the person you are recommending that you are helping you recommend you can also benefit. Uh, that's the importance of referral programs that several companies have. Application in person, and this is just you know showing up cold, unsolicited, and offering up your, your, your services. Now, this might not be the best with the internet economy, remote working that, that, that we find ourselves in, but this is nonetheless more practical if that is the sort of job that you want to get to. He also gives us key insights into how to write a brief. Right? A brief is basically a summary of um, who you are, what education or qualifications do you have? How can you help a company that you're applying to? He says the brief should be prepared as carefully as a lawyer would prefer, prepare the brief of a case to be tried in court. Unless the applicant is experienced in preparation of such briefs, an expert should be consulted and his services enlisted for the purpose. And a few things that he says should be mentioned in the brief. Again, we're trying to pivot this into a more 21st century approach. The first is obviously the education. Second is the experience. And I would argue the experience is a lot more important unless it's a very academic, qualified job where education is paramount. Right? If it's experience, it has to be how, how has your experience not just helped you, but how has your experience helped the company and not yourself? So if you have driven a couple of projects to fruition, if you've increased the sales by a certain percentage, if you've delivered a certain number of sort of key units of success, um, all of these are important in order to convey to a new employer that, listen, this is what I have done in the previous organization. These are the measurable goals that I have hit. These are the measurable goals, uh, goals I can hit in your company, whether you want to drive revenue, whether you want to get new clients, whether you want to increase reach, whether you want more traffic, whatever. References are always important. And that's why you, you see a lot of the features on, on all of these sort of uh, professional networking um, um, websites like LinkedIn and and com and etc where there's there's an impetus to have some sort of um, referral system where people can recommend you for certain things photograph is obviously important apply for a specific position and apply for now nowadays these positions are very here and there right people handle multiple things in a startup because that's the sort of firefighting atmosphere we find ourselves in 
but it's important to sort of say that I want to be a part of the growth team or the sales team or the finance team. Why? Because this is the skill set and the experience that I have, and this is how I can scale up the process. State your qualifications for the particular position for which you apply. Again, qualifications should be more towards experience rather than education. Offer to go on, go to work on probation, right? So now he mentions this thing where you offer, you should offer at least at the start to go uh, to work without pay. Now again, this might be. Uh, this might not be the best thing to do because you know you want to value your worth and you want to say that you know whatever I'm doing I should get paid for paid for because that is I am bringing value. But again, this was written at a time when not a lot of people had jobs. So not only do do you need a job, but you need to prove that I am going to be worthy of the pay. So this might not be the best strategy to use today. You can't go up to an employer and say, "Don't pay me for a month. I'm going to work work the shit out of myself, and then you pay me." That might not be the best uh, strategy, uh, and and I don't think employers are of that ilk where they where they don't pay you, they you know make you work for free or for experience. Knowledge of a prospective prospective employer's business. Now this is always important, especially in your brief. You have to write that you know you are you are an admirer of the company in certain ways. You think that the company can improve in certain ways. You want to work under these people, or rather, you want to learn from these people, because you know you've seen them scale up these areas. If you are very specific with that, is what Napoleon Hill tries to tell us. If you are very specific with that, then the reader, the person who is reviewing your brief, can already picture you in the company, sitting there and helping out and scaling up the process, because your vision is very intact with theirs. And he says at the end of this uh, particular part on brief, he says, "Remember that it is not the lawyer who knows the most law, but the one who best prepares his case who wins." Um, it's always about preparation. The one quote that uh, I really like when it comes to preparation is, "If you prepare to fail, you're failing to prepare. If you fail, if you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail." Like that makes up. But yeah, if you if you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. And as for a job, as as well for anything else, you have to prepare. He also gives us certain tips um, about you know how to how to prepare your brief. And obviously, the brief there was a physical document, so he gives us practical steps on how to physically prepare the brief for paper to use and everything. But right now, I think a, a simple sort of CV format which you can get off the off the internet is will suffice. But um, uh, uh, again, I don't have any experience in this. What I've learned uh, is that if it is limited to a page uh, and only has your important skill sets, uh, it would be more than enough. Just the CV. If it's if it's say uh, an SOP or a cover letter, it has to be very clearly stated of how who you are, what your qualifications are, how will you help. That company, company A, company a different cover letter of company A, company B, company C. Uh, he also gives us a, with a very alluring title, how to get the exact position you desire. Right? Uh, he gives us seven points very clearly. Decide what kind of job you want. Choose the company. This is important. Choose the company or individual you want to work for, not the pay. 
study your prospective employer study about the employer's business and what you can offer forget about the job don't 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 sort of say that what can you give me at the job always say what can i kind of value can i bring to the company or to the to the employer present it to the proper person every company is looking for men who can give ideas of something of value whether it whether it be ideas services or connections and he also now he also writes about the importance of sort of new way of marketing services or jobs which now he terms as partnerships right and it's not a two way partnership but a three way partnership before the partnership was in his words always seen as between an employer and an employee but in the changing times and certainly right now it's not just the employer and the employer uh, is not with the, with the employer and the employee but it's also with the public at large right? the public is now in certain ways your employer and that can't be more true with the with sort of the information age that we find ourselves in where um, any sort of creation of uh, of content right is disseminated to the public at large and not disseminated to an employer who disseminates to a public right so in in the previous day um you in order to create something and send it out it was usually done on paper because there was no sort of forms of media available um so it was written on paper need it needed to be mass produced so you were reliant on say the newspaper agency or the magazine or any sort of press printing press and and you could at that time only reach a few sort of 100 people you know within the area that your newspaper was distributed then came the tv uh, where again you're beholden to uh, the broadcasting service you would probably reach instead of 100 you'd reach 1000 not just in the city but maybe the state not just in the state but maybe the, the country but again you're dependent on the broadcast or the media service that is disseminating your information now with uh emails that became slightly more decentralized to an to an extent where uh, not just not exactly decentralized a little bit larger reach you're not beholden to some someone so you don't have to sort of you know ring someone's bell write them a letter go to their service go at a certain time of the day it's just, it, it's it's, it's an, an emails are the turning point where you could sort of send a message at any time right 3 a.m 4 a.m 6 p.m whatever then came the full fledged internet with all sorts of the abilities of 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 dissemination whether it's through youtube instagram twitter facebook whatever and but the problem is that, that again these are all centralized institutions you can disseminate it to anybody you don't have to record it separately for different people and you don't have to record it for people to watch at different times like you can just it's a one time effort where you record a video make a thread make a short video on instagram put it up into the internet and just sort of go away right? and then the person can watch it and re watch it over and over again but these institutions are still centralized but the point is it is reaching the public in a direct manner like you upload it on youtube and a person comes and watches it that is the important bit that that, that is again uh, you can sort of see the essence of this in napoleon hills writing he says but he he says that it is it it it, it is the sort of 
it, it an employer is almost irrelevant in these situations um you have to learn how to sell your product your service your personal service directly to the public he ends by saying the world is the trouble is that the world sowed the wrong sort of seed beginning at the outbreak of the world war world war 1 the people of the world began to sow the seed of service inadequate in both quality and quantity nearly everyone was engaged in the pastime of trying to get without giving in the process of content creation the process of marketing your services it's always important to give rather than to get and, and if you give enough you will get something in return that's it from this episode the second part of organized planning i hope you'll join me for the next episode till then uh that's it from me akash i'm out